you know any places any Sega nerds hang out around here? To the Sega Nerdcast episode 118. I'm Chris, the editor of Sega Nerds, and with me this week is Graham and Morrison. How's it going, guys? Hey, hey, hey. I have risen from my grave. I don't remember the last time I was on a Nerdcast. It must have been in October. <laughs> oh. But I'm here. It's been a year, I think. Mm-hmm. You've, not, oh. you've not been on one in 2018. That's true. Have have we been on one, Chris, in 2018? Uh, yes. yes, because we, the last... Oh, yeah, of course, did. last one, the, like the mega. Wasn't it like podcast. a week or two ago? Yeah, yeah like, it was one? like a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago. Oh, so. man, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot about that. Sorry, yes. It was yes. so amazing that you've already forgotten it. Oh, you know, right? Yeah, we were joining oh, yeah, Radio Sega forgotten. and Sega Addicts. Oh, man, <clears throat> that's bad. <laughs> Shit. Well, we all our loyal listeners forgot to listen to it as well. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, well, Happy New Year, Martin. Yeah. Still, what? Still, yes, we're, yes. We're still in time for that. We've still got a few days before we can't say that word. All those right. Words. But, uh, yeah. Cool. We're going to be uh, being guilt tripped into buying gifts for our significant others for valentine's day yeah. yeah i got nobody so i'm just getting something for myself there you go you got all worked out <laughs> yeah all right so before we jump into this week's nerdcast why don't we go around the room just see what everyone's been up to because i think a few of us have uh, gotten a few pickups and some other sega and video game related things so graham why don't you uh, start us off there Okay, yeah, so, yeah, I've, I have picked up a few games recently, which I can't actually remember, and I've put them all away, uh, but yeah, I've also been trying, basically, I've been trying to sort out how to record Dreamcast games properly for a little while. We've recorded <laughs> a few videos on Sega Nerds and Megavisions, like channel, YouTube channels, um, so yeah, check out YouTube to see those video channels, awesome. Um, and the Dreamcast um, footage has always been not quite right because uh, I had an Elgato HD capture card. Um, I still have it, um, which is basically meant to be perfect for, you know, Xbox One, PS4, um, you know, PS3, Xbox 360 and all that stuff. Um, but it also does do Dreamcast footage. However, it's not quite right and it only accepts HD, HDMI input. So I had to get like a, com- uh, like, uh, was it a, a component cable or composite cable to like an AV cable to HDMI converter, which ran through that. And the quality while quite good was always stretched and kind of dark. It's a bit weird. I can never sort of figure out how to get it done. And I was looking online. I looked at various websites, Dreamcast Junkyard in particular, and they sort of showed you, they told us like some good ways to do it. So I was just testing out different cables and stuff. So I've bought like a standard composite cable directly to my PC, which does work, but not great. And then got the Sakura, um vga to hdmi adapter thing which is really good um it's a like really good quality um which works on your tv normally but to record you need a different capture device the one i've got the elgato won't recognize it so i had to buy another capture device i've got an ava media one which is really good 
However, it doesn't capture non-VGA titles through that device. So I've had to get another cable, got an S-Video cable <laughs> to work, basically. So I basically mean just spending money all month and just trying to get cables that work. But I think I've now finally got it. I was uh, testing out the S-Video cable today. It looks good. The Acura device looks great. Uh, yeah, so that was all good. Yeah, so that's basically yeah. what I've mostly been doing. And also my phone drowned in the toilets because I stood up and the phone fell out of my pocket and went straight into the toilet. Yeah. No, I didn't drowned. I didn't. I, I, I was standing there originally. I, I wasn't sitting down. I was, I was standing there doing my thing. Well, we, because we've, we've long found out and discovered like way back a long time ago that when you wipe your butt, you're a stand-up wiper. <laughs> this was like, this was... That's we, news we to found, me. Oh, yeah, no, no. This was back in probably 2007, <laughs> like 10 years oh, ago. God, I hate you so yes. much. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> so I can understand why that phone might fall out of your pocket if you're wiping your ass standing up. So are you like checking your phone with one hand and then wiping your ass with the other oh, hand? Oh, I hate you guys so much. Is that okay. what went down? First, firstly, yes, it's true. I do do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but secondly, that's not what was happening in this situation. I was doing a standard, having a pee, finished, you know, did my, did my thing, flushed the toilet, and I just turned to go to the basin and then suddenly my phone just went, just landed in the landed in the toilet and at this moment Pete's pan- sitting down yeah let's stick with that story <laughs> i do it's I, easy what if i have to do number one and two <laughs> I do both. Oh, so you guys. this yeah. was microsoft phone right it was my microsoft lumia 950x ah, ah, the greatest phone not- i've ever owned i love so it so they don't make these phones anymore right as far as i'm aware no um which makes me sad because so are you so- switching to a samsung um, I did look Galaxy. online at the Samsungs, but they're expensive. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm basically going to get resurrect my old phone, but I need to unlock it to work on my network that I'm on now. Um, what phone is that? That's another Windows phone because I love Windows phones. Oh, God damn it. Basically, I will look at getting a new phone, but right now I can't afford a new phone because I don't really have money or a job. So you know. Um, so yeah, trying to trying to buy a new phone is going to be expensive. So yeah, uh, yay, yeah, and I don't really—I could get a really cheap Android phone or something, but I kind of don't really want to because I, I almost don't see the point. <laughs> like, I, if uh, I, how about the fact that it has way more apps and other useful things that you can do on it? I have uh, an iPod Touch and I have an Android tablet, and you know all sorts of things to do with those apps, and I don't really play games on my phone so i don't need it the one thing i do love about you graham though is that i've never met another person who always adopts technology <laughs> that is doomed to fail mm-hmm. like, you've always done that it's true you're an early adopter it. of failed technology yes he's I like am. did you hear about the zoom it's fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> Graham also has what was that one uh, that one little handheld that looks oh. like Shrek's head? The the Gizmodo. Yeah, Graham yeah. Was, was like he bought that at launch. Damn right, <laughs> did. actually, I think it's a present. But I, the person who bought it for me, knew I wanted it. So, way it was awesome. I love that little thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I still love my Windows Phone. I think 
for it's got a great camera it's got a brilliant sat nav built into it and those are two things i'm using the most on it as well as phoning people so yeah i don't really play games on my phone i've never really had the need to uh so yeah i don't really care about all the other apps but oh well. all right well fair I enough do, i do think the galaxy samsung galaxy s8 looks gorgeous though and that's the phone i would want to get or possibly a cheaper alternative would be the nokia 8 which is uh you know the nokia now do android phones and that also looks really good um which is a lot cheaper, but still not cheap. So that's those are the two phones I'm going to look into next. I think. All right. Well, keep us keep us up to date. I'm yeah. interested in what you're going to end up getting. Cool. M- Marcel, what about you? What have you been up to? I mean, not much. I mean, the most exciting thing was when I saw you at MagFest, and that was like around two weeks ago. And then since then, it's just basically been a steady stream of working, working out, and Dungeons and Dragons, and the occasional drinking. So one of the things I was hoping that we were going to be able to get you on the last Nerdcast, because I did want to talk about, uh, really briefly, one of the... Uh, panels that we sat in at mm-hmm. MAGFest, and it was probably the most bizarre panel I've ever been to in the history of me going to panels. game conventions, comic cons, anything else. This was one, uh, I, I forget, what was the title of it? The This is like the history of Sonichu or something like that. It was essentially that. It was about Chris Chan. And uh, if those of you who don't know who Chris Chan is, he's kind of infamous in the, I don't even, I guess the Sonic community. I don't know really what community he's a, he's a part of. But, the 4chan community. Yeah, I guess so. And so he's, he, he's a high-functioning autistic uh, who grew up, I think, in West Virginia or Virginia. And he created this character named Sonichu, which is a, mic- a combination of Sonic and Pikachu. And he created all these comics and people have just been trolling this guy for years. And some of it's oh. stuff that he's kind of brought on himself. And some of it is just people being mean. Huh. I I knew like barely about him because we posted an article a couple of years ago about him freaking out about Sonic Boom because Sonic's arms were blue mm-hmm. and he went and pepper sprayed a GameStop employee who yeah. was trying to stop him from like ruining some yeah. Sonic Boom uh, like uh, merchandise or something in the store. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was my first kind of introduction to Chris Chan. But why don't you talk us through some of the events that happened at the panel itself? At the panel, I mean, it was... At one in the morning, so we saw a Sonic Adventure Experience concert. I don't know if you discussed that in the previous podcast. That was fun. Um, and <laughs> so we got to, we got to the panel. It's like in a ballroom. I feel like half the people were probably drunk already because it was one in the morning, and most people there were there were basically no other events, you know, in that schedule besides this and maybe two other panels, but. Uh, it, it like it, the main presentation was essentially just a PowerPoint. It was somebody in the front, basically, you know, going through the events of Chris uh, Chandler or whatever his name was, um, and each 
part of his life that has been publicized has essentially been categorized into a saga like Dragon Ball Z, you know, like you got the Cell Saga and the Frieza Saga, that this guy has his own sagas, and it was just fascinating. So we're listening to this, and some people were, you know, smirking, whatever, and laughing, and then they brought up probably the first five, six minutes of the presentation that Chris, the guy with who made Sonic, she was actually in the audience, he was in the back, uh, oh observing this, this presentation, twist. yeah. So he was in the back, uh, you know, observing whatever, and then uh, it, it was just now a string of weird uh, events. So there's like these two girl or these two people right next to us who are saying something I couldn't recall, uh, and then the two people in front of them started shit talking to each other. It was just awkward. It was an awkward, you know, exchange. The girl sitting next to us kept just shouting obscenities. She was drunk, sitting with yeah, her boyfriend, yeah, yeah. and the girl and and the girl and this guy in front of them finally turned around and just started going into like really screaming at him. Yeah, at him. that's how yeah. it was like. Really dramatic. You, you need to get out. It yeah. was insane. Yeah, and and yeah, so they basically just went through the history of of Chris, and he ended up. He was in the back, and they eventually called him up to the front, and like the whole room was chanting his name. It it was like something out <laughs> like of like an independent Oops. wrestling show. Yeah, it was just insane. It was a very surreal moment, and I think the video is actually on YouTube. So if you go and search uh, like Magfest Sonichu, you Chris can probably Tan- type yeah Sonichu Magfest. You'll get the video because there were a lot of people with their phones out for sure. There's also a really good documentary about Chris Chan on YouTube uh, because I went back and told my wife and my daughter about this and they just couldn't believe everything I was telling them. I'm like, okay, I want to watch this documentary with you guys. And they really were entertained by it. Like, it was, it's very interesting. It's a sad story, but it's also just really interesting it's, to see it's, it's very murky because it's like you said it's there were things that obviously people are just fucking assholes and they you know caused him to to you know react in certain ways but there were certain situations where i'm like well you sh- probably shouldn't have done that some people were really nice to you and then you were being a real you know pig about it to, the, to these people that were trying to be nice to you and be friends with you so it, it's very gray, but at, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's a fascinating phenomenon that this person, you know, this 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 high high function autistic person, has such a, a cult following. Like these people, people are generally interested in what this guy was doing and stuff. And he has his own Wikipedia page and all that yeah. stuff and updates on what the latest things he's been doing. I think it's strange, but you know, apparently people are curious about it. But yeah, that, that's crazy. Oh man, wow! Uh, now you'll after this, you're going to go down the rabbit hole that is Chris. <laughs> yeah, I think I will. Yeah, Sonic shoot. I think I think like you said, Chris. I I kind of heard about the the whole Sonic's arms are blue thing, and I knew that was a that was a thing that happened, but I didn't realize how popular I guess he is, or like you know, like how bigger. Like following there is that's interesting. I'm gonna have to look at it. look at that. That sounds really. It's a, he, he's got a cult following. I wouldn't say he's gigantically popular, but wow. he's definitely infamous on the internet. I've never had a panel about me, so definitely more popular than I am. What a guy! <laughs> I'm gonna check it out. It sounds good. Yeah, cool, man. So Chris, so what about you, Chris? 
All right, so I have a, a pretty ridiculous story, and it basically comes down to the fact that I've got to get my shit together and start <laughs> cataloging my video games because I I ended up making a really boneheaded move this week. So I got into my head. Actually, it all kind of stems back from MAGFest because uh, Marson and I were uh, sitting around, and uh, who were Marson? Who are the the twins that helped the the Shinmu? They have that school in China. Uh, George and Joe Kitchen. Yeah, so we started talking to them. We met up with them, and uh, we were kind of going back and forth and talking about it. And somehow, it, the topic turned to the fact that uh, I've not ever completed Shinmu two. Yeah. And they were just like, well, I can't remember which one I was talking to, but they just couldn't believe. They're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? You haven't completed Shinmu 2. <laughs> I think it was, I was me. Like, I like called your ass out on it because we were maybe just you did. about it and you didn't complete it. I was like, what the fuck? Really? It was just one of those things I've just never gotten around to doing for whatever reason. Like I'd always get really far into the game and I would go on to something new and I would drift away from it and I'd start it all over, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, long story short, I was like, okay. I want to get back and finally beat Shinmu 2. That way I can be fully prepared for when Shinmu 3 comes out. And then I can, I can, you know, be, I think, a little bit better prepared for the game. So I have it on the Xbox. I have the, the, old, the old Xbox version. But the problem is, is that my ex, original Xbox broke last year and my old Xbox 360 had, you know, got the red ring of death and I had vowed to never buy another one. And so I had to sit there and think, okay, like, okay, what am I going to do? I can either buy an Xbox OG on eBay, or I could just go ahead and buy a newer Xbox, uh, an Xbox 360 and maybe like the S version that won't have the red ring of death problems. So I ended up going on eBay. I ended up finding one for relatively cheap. It was about sixty bucks. It was the one with the five, I think, five hundred gig hard drive. Maybe it was two fifty. Mm-hmm. And I bought that. The only thing was, it didn't have any cables with it. It was just the system itself. And so I had to buy a power supply separately, which was like another ten bucks. And so I bought that, and I was like really happy and excited. <laughs> And uh, I was just kind of counting down the days or whatever that it was going to come here. It, it still hasn't arrived yet. But then I was uh, looking through my Dreamcast games the other night because I got a Dream Pie in. And I was I was looking to test it out. And little did I know, but I actually own Shinmu 2 <laughs> on the Dreamcast. Yeah. I have completely forgot that I did that. I was looking through my shelf because I tried to find Cake Quake 3. And I'm like, wait, what is this? I was like, wait, Shinmu? Oh, my God. So, Like the PAL version? PAL version. Graham, I completely forgot. Graham bought it for me for Christmas or my birthday years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I always keep mixing it up, thinking it's Shinmu 1 for some reason. Oh, Doesn't it say Shinmu 2 on the box? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I just, in my mind, I forget <laughs> that it's Shinmu 2. Like, when Do you I have know. Shinmu 1 also? I have Shinmu one on Dreamcast, the, the the North American version. Right, yeah. Yeah, I have that. But for some <laughs> reason I always think that Graham bought me Shinmu one on Dreamcast the PAL version. Which and is I weird. Keep, I know, I I don't know why. It's just one of those things that I just, my mind can't grasp. Maybe it's just so amazing that I own it that my mind can't comprehend it. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up burning a boot disc and I've been playing that. 
Um, and I, more, I'll, I'll get more in that in our next topic. But needless to say, now I'm, I should be getting a, an Xbox 360s in the mail tomorrow, and <laughs> I Holy don't really shit. need it more. <laughs> Uh, so i guess you can return it you know you can return it well i think what i'm going to do there is still some there's still some xbox 360 games that i can that i have on it uh because i still have all my games yeah not on you know xbox one or ps4 like the club i think i own that on the 360 and that is one of my favorite Sega games of that generation. It was a really, really good game. Um, and so I will be able to make use of this thing. You can still play Shenmue 2 on it because it it's slightly different on the Xbox. So you've got like the American acting. You've got the ability to take screenshot like photographs pretty much anywhere in the game. Um, like He's got a camera I, that you can use. And What's weird is I'm always, when I'm watching anime or foreign films or anything like that. I always prefer the dub version because I just, I, I don't really, I'm not one of those people that prefer to hear the Japanese language playing the, the, the PAL version, like the, the Japanese voices. I do kind of like them because it, it takes away the cheesy cheese factor from the game where I feel it, like that's what gave it. It's, it's, it's character to me. Like I liked the, there's a, there's a campiness to, Shinmu. It sounds like you know, like those English dubbed old, you know, martial arts films. You know, and right. I, that's what I got. From. But the the <laughs> one with the Japanese voice acting doesn't sound like that at all. It, you can't tell that there's bad voice it acting. Sounds serious. <laughs> and I really like whoever the voice actor for Rio is. He sounds really good. Right, and both both voice actors who originally voiced Rio in the Japanese English are going to be uh in shenmue 3 so awesome. and i'm assuming they're going to have dual audio because i mean you're putting it on a fucking blu-ray like you have enough space to put two sets of audio on there mm. it should be standard at this point yeah for sure so all right uh that is kind of what we've been up to uh me doing stupid stuff like always um but before we get into the newsstand though let's go around and talk a little bit about what we've been playing here lately uh graham uh i'll let you kick us off on this section too okay i was gonna i was hoping you weren't gonna ask that because i've got a douche outside with a very loud engine it's really annoying um, i heard I that yeah i don't know if you can actually hear him <laughs> he's got a souped up oh, bmw and he's just really we funny. heard it <laughs> anyway um cool so what have i been playing uh yeah so as i mentioned earlier i've been playing around with like uh trying to get dreamcast recording going and i've been playing quite a few dreamcast games lately so um uh mostly sp- god damn it can you actually hear that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's not terrible he's but trying like, to park he and he, he just revs his engine trying to park he's like such an idiot i hate him like, <laughs> like, i don't do you know really this person him. personally he lives like two flats above me and i'm just like, oh, okay i don't actually know him know him but I really hate the guy. I don't normally hate I, people. But I, I hope he listens to this nerdcast. Have so you, did, you tell, did you tell him that you do a podcast? Because he might be listening in well, when we upload it. If I ever speak to him, I'm going to be like, I, I do a podcast. Uh, check it out. You're a and, dick. In particular, check out 118 at yeah. around 15 minutes. You'd love it. It's, it's especially <laughs> for you, you twat. God, sorry like, i don't know why he just really winds me up and like I'm, I'm sure everyone else in the building hates him as well anyway 
Right, what was I talking about? <laughs> yes, uh-uh. Dreamcast games. Yeah, so I've been playing quite a few Dreamcast games, mostly racing games. I've been playing Speed Devils, um, which I'm doing a review for for Mega Visions, the next issue. Um, do you guys know Speed Devils at all? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. So <clears throat> it's uh, unrealistic sort of arcade kind of style racing game on the Dreamcast. It wasn't quite on the a launch date, but it was like released within the first few weeks of the Dreamcast launch, basically. Um, so it's a very early game, and it's one of my favourite racing games of all time. I freaking love this game. So I've been playing it again, trying to record it and stuff, and I just still love... I, it, there's something about this game I just love. Um, uh, I'd, I'd recommend giving it a, a try, basically, uh, if you get a chance, if you like that sort of game. Uh, the good thing about it, actually, I'll give you tell, tell you a tiny bit about it. It's... Um, one essence of the game is kind of around the idea of gambling and betting on certain things in races. So you've got these different rivals who all have a bit of character. And each season you go through, they've got you've got like four or five rivals that race against you. Um, and sometimes they'll be aggressive. Sometimes they'll like the the way they drive is always slightly different. But they'll sometimes challenge you to do different things, and you can earn money by breaking speed camera checkpoints, like these police checkpoints and stuff. Like trying to get as fast as possible to go past them getting the fastest lap trying to stop someone from winning the race or something like they say you've got to stop this person from coming first so you've got to like try and knock them off the track and stuff and you you earn extra money and extra points for doing those things and if you fail to do them you lose money because you're basically placing a wager and also you have these one-on-one head-to-head races where they'll be like i don't think you're that good i'm going to challenge you to a race and they'll be like what head-to-head one-on-one on their favorite track and if you win, if you win, you win their car and they're out of the race for the rest of the season. And when they come back next season, they normally have a really rubbish car that they're driving. But if you lose, you lose your car as well. So it's kind of like you really do have to sort of weigh up how good you are racing on certain tracks. And yeah, I just think it's a really good game. And it's it's got some sort of like simulation style elements to it. Like you can tweak your car a little bit. Very basic though uh yeah i just think it's a game that no one's really looked at much and i think it's like such a good game um moving on though i've also been playing pen pen triathlon which i feel like needs no introduction but have you guys heard of it mm, no <laughs> game i think I, I i'm pretty sure i own this and i've played it a little bit but it's not something i ever got really really into uh, man. see i think your kids would love it it's kind of i guess a more for kids it's a racing game where you play as these they're technically aliens that are kind of like based on penguins, but it's like a shark one, a hippo one, an octopus one. And they're these little cute casting characters. And you basically, you, you waddle along on certain parts of the race. And then it's like a tri, it's like a triathlon. So they have three different types of styles of racing. So you waddle along at one part of the race and then you slide on your belly for another and then you swim for another. Um, and the courses are really fun. Uh, it's basically i think it's a really fun game especially in four player modes and single player modes good the only downside is it's a very short game you can if you sat down and basically played through it in one day you could easily unlock everything and do everything so i mean that's the downside to it but it's a really fun little game uh and the next two games are i've been playing hydro thunder which i love and fantasy star online so yeah those are the last uh, couple of games we've been playing awesome stuff nice yeah yeah we've been uh we've been playing a little bit of uh fan star online actually earlier today uh mm-hmm. graham we we did a, a mega play video for megavisions youtube yep. and that was a lot of fun it that I, it's crazy to think that 
it's probably been 15 years or six, 15 to 16 years since you and I had played that game together online. Yeah. Right? yeah it's mental. Uh, yeah. I can't, I, I think, well, actually I think we played it a little bit more recently, but we played it on the PC. We did, you know, we did the blue burst thing on the PC a few years ago, back. it was still a long Yeah. Time. But I'm talking about now I'm talking about on our dreamcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, like we originally did it. Yeah. So yeah, it's been 17, 18 years or whatever since it first came out or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Basically, when the before the Dreamcast died, like, didn't die, you know, they discontinued it and stopped all the servers. That's when the last time we played, really, wasn't it? So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty crazy. So, um, for me, I've been playing Shinmu Two. I, I, we just talk, and Fantasy Star Online, but uh, Shinmu Two. I got really heavy into it on Saturday. That's pretty much all I did on Saturday was just play Shinmu Two and. I've gotten to the part where what's the old lady's name? It's like uh Ji Wang or, or Come on, Marson, help me out here. Hey, whoa, 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 what? What? The, the old lady in the apartment. What's her name? Yes. It's like Oh, I can't remember her name. Chu Yang? Chu Yang, yeah, that's wow. yeah, that's her name. Marson so, knows everything. <laughs> Yeah, I had to go back she and find, find her. I can't remember her name. And, and plus, you know, and and the thing is, is that in the PAL version with the Japanese acting, like the voice acting, they say the name so fast that you can't even hardly hear what they're saying. Whereas in the English one, it's much slower and you can hear what they're saying a lot better. Chi Wang. And you can hear the pronunciation. So Shu Ying. Oh, fuck you. so i got to the point where i think it was like right after so i I, she showed me uh, some of the uh the like the chin style tai chi but then i you have to go back to her again a little bit later on for something i can't remember exactly what it is but uh i i was really surprised because the the one scene where you have to catch the the leaf, the leaves in your hand. I remember the last time I played that. It took me so long to be able to get that part yeah. completed. It I don't know why I sat there for probably about thirty to forty minutes trying to get that one part, and I couldn't do it. I would get like because what they basically you you catch it one time, and then they make you catch it three times in a row, and if you don't do that, then you have to start over again. And so the last time I had played it, it just took me forever. But for whatever reason, this time I got it pretty much on my first time, and I just breezed through it. It was just kind of a strange turning point, I guess. Oh, cool. Yeah, but I'm really enjoying the game. Uh, it's you know the one thing I always think about Shinmu and the the talk about Shinmu One and Two HD, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But I always wonder if if people are going to enjoy this game, if they had never played Shinmu before, like people of today, the youth, the, the gamers of today that weren't around during the Dreamcast when it was, you know, at its height and, and, you know, the few years afterwards and had never played it, will they be able to enjoy Shinmu today? And I just, I don't know. I'm, I, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't yeah. know if they would. I honestly believe that Sega and Yu Suzuki have created this agreement where they will release those before, they release three because I'm sure they keep in contact in terms of, you know, where the game is coming, you know, 
in terms of its development. I think it'll be released before three, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. And it's not a question of if. I think it's, it's just a matter of when. So, but like you said, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, <laughs> don't get too far ahead of ourselves. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's what we've been playing. Let's get on to the newsstand now, and we do have a new release this week. It's not an official one by Sega, but Mutant Football League uh, by Michael Mindheim was released on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One uh, last Friday for $19.99. So it's a, a pretty – and it's it's digital only. So Mutant Football League, this is a spiritual successor to Mutant League Football, which was released on the Genesis back in the day. And I absolutely loved these games. Uh, there was Mutant League Football and Mutant League Hockey, and I own them both. I absolutely loved them. They uh, – so Michael Menheim, they – launched a Kickstarter back in 2013 to try to raise about $750,000, which at the time that was still kind of in the early days of Kickstarter where you would see these classic games and IPs come back and they would just raise a crap ton of money and they would, uh, they were doing really well, but then there started to be a bunch of these games like coming out on Kickstarter, have Kickstarter campaigns. And I think, Mutant League Football or Mutant Football League hit at a time where there was there was kind of a lot of these nostalgic games on Kickstarter uh, combined with a really high funding goal, $750,000. And they ended up only raising about $141,000. And so they didn't end up raising very much money. And it was kind of a bummer because I was really excited about this. I wanted it to succeed. Uh, but he said that they were going to continue developing the game. And they did that. They, they had continued. I had been following the, uh, you know, the development of the game and they were releasing screenshots and like pre alpha gameplay video. And it looked really interesting. It's, it's, you know, it's brought into a fully 3d, uh, gameplay perspective now. It's not old school 2D. It, it looks really, really good. It, it looks like a, you know, like a a, a normal, like high end, uh, you know, next gen football game. And so in February 2017, they launched another Kickstarter campaign to help fund the rest of the game development. And this time they were only looking for about $60,000. Uh, and they ended up raising 138,000, which doubled Ooh. their their goal. They, they met all of its stretch goals and everything. And so, yeah, so finally the game was released on PS4 and Xbox One. It was released on PC in October of last year, um, but it's finally out on consoles now. Um, so it has like it's seven on seven uh, football, and there's 18 teams. It also supports. Uh, two-player online play, four-player local multiplayer, and it's also voiced by Tim Kitzrow, who's the uh, NBA Jam commentator. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So this game's got a lot going for it. I haven't picked it up just yet, uh, but I definitely want to get it, uh, and, and I want to support this because I feel like it's just been such a long road for this game to to finally get a release that I, I just have to get pick it up yeah. oh for sure cool. yeah it's, it's just really neat so um yeah uh one of you guys y'all want to take the next uh piece of news i could do it 
Uh, so Yuji Naka, which everyone who follows Sega and Sonic the Hedgehog knows that he's one of the original creators of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and developers. Uh, he announced recently, was it today, yesterday? Um, I think it was probably early, early this morning for us. Right. So on Twitter, he announced that he joined Square Enix, Square Enix, <laughs> uh, in Enix. January, whatever, same shit, uh, at the beginning of the month, essentially. And he's joining the game development side as before, and he wants to, you know, make games for Square Enix now. Um, so he says he aims to, uh, and I'm quoting here, I aim to develop an enjoyable game. Please look, uh, look forward to it. Um, but he didn't really specify what exactly he's developing. Um, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's lots of speculation. Uh, but it is an interesting and exciting thing to see. Uh, but what do, you guys, do, what do you guys think? Why do you think he left or didn't rejoin Sega and now he's going to Square Enix? Do you think there's politics involved? Do you think he just wanted a new you know, environment to work in? Do they offer him more money? Because <laughs> I'm sure Square Enix has a shitload of money. But uh, I'll let you go, Graham. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah. I, well, I think maybe he, he, you know, he he left Sega quite a while ago and started Prope, didn't he? Um, so 2006 is when he left Sega officially, yeah, right? So yeah, like well, like 12 years ago now, roughly, you know, give or take. And he started his own little company. Um, so I think him going back to Sega was never really on the cards. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he's joined another, you know, big Japanese development company and Square Enix. That's what I say, Squeenix as well. And Square Enix is, is like, I guess, one of the biggest ones still, out, still around. Um, and I guess it kind of makes it. I don't, I don't really know. Cause the thing is, I can't really think. Unless, unless he's, unless he had some ideas for some games he was going to make with Prope that couldn't really be done, because I mean, Prope is, is Prope still around? Did he fold the company? Or is it still going? Or because so their last out? game that they released was, uh, well, I mean, he they were involved in Rodea the Sky Soldier. Oh, okay, yeah, that was only a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? Like uh, it was, yeah, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, something that, like that. Oh. I thought it was, no, it wasn't that long ago. I thought it was only like two years ago, like 2015. I, uh, I think it was like 2015. Was okay. it? Ooh. Because they were originally making it for the Wii, but then they released it on the Wii U, didn't they? Or something in the end, which included the Wii version or something weird like that? 20, 2015, so yeah. yeah. Okay. Three years ago or so. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I may be wondering, maybe he had some ideas for some great games that Prope maybe wouldn't be able to you know, handle, and maybe he sort of... Square Enix seems to be like a good option for him to go through. Maybe, maybe this is completely assumptions by me. This is you know all hearsay, speculation, but Complete most speculation. of it's speculation at this point anyway. Yeah, so we don't have a lot of info to go on. Uh, so we did get a question on Twitter by our friend Lincoln Fiasco, and he asked uh, if we think Sega will allow Square Enix to make <laughs> Sonic games now that they have Yuji Naka. No, <laughs> of course, of course not. Maybe a, a Sonic-inspired game. I don't even think Yuji Naka would want to do that either, because I'm sure he's got tons of ideas in his head, in his folder on a laptop somewhere that he wants, you know, to be turned into a game that you know fans can see. And I highly doubt he would do retread and go back and do a Sonic-style game. But hey, what you never know. Interesting though is now that. 
uh, Yuji Naka is there. Sega has, you know, they they still have a, a, a they've had a fairly close relationship with Yuji Naka still over the years. I mean, he they've published several of his games when he was heading up Probe, uh, and he still seems very involved in in Sonic and and his legacy at Sega. And so it would be kind of interesting to see if what happened if Sega and Square Enix kind of collaborated on a a Sonic game that included crossover characters from each other's uh, companies. Kind of like what Sega and Nintendo have done a little bit uh, over the years, but that could be kind of interesting. There's lots of cool uh, Square characters uh, and Enix characters that uh, could... Or even just locations that you know that they could have in a Sonic game or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, what's, what's that Square game that is it? Kingdom Hearts, where they did like a crossover with Disney or something. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like they could look at you know an RPG like that or something. That'd be cool. Like with crossing Sega with Kingdom Hearts characters. I don't know. I don't know. That, you just gave me a thought, Chris. I thought that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I don't think it'll happen. Probably not. Yeah, I think what's likely to happen is he's going to come there and he's probably going to work on an original game. Or maybe he was interested in heading up a Square Enix game and that he wants to maybe give his own spin on it. Something like that. So. Mm, yeah um something so um graham why don't you take the uh, the next piece of news oh i wanted to take the what the 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 ones after that oh no wait, <laughs> this is the one you put on there oh yeah wait i i i, I was reading the list incorrectly i apologize <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah <laughs> such a cry baby oh man <laughs> sorry guys sorry apologies to everybody um so yeah, um, I think I think a lot of people will know that um, last year was a really good year for Dreamcast games. We had quite a lot of uh, brand new Dreamcast games released um, that you could buy at like a retail, essentially, like through online retailers. Um, uh, all indie games, obviously, but uh, all great still. Um, I think Dreamcast Junkyard did a rundown of them, and there were 15 brand new box games released last year, which is pretty awesome. And one of the main sort of uh, companies behind publishing a lot of these games was is called Josh Prod, and they teased earlier this month uh, new titles for 2018, um, which is very exciting. Now they didn't specify exactly what consoles they'll be on, but um, it does look like um, there's going to be definitely be more than one Dreamcast game available on there, um, which is uh, kind of awesome. Um, for example, they the, one of the one of the big things about last year was um, they they published a game called Four by Four Jam on the Dreamcast, which was originally a PSP game, then later ported to iOS. And the reason why it's such a big deal was that it was actually quite a decent three uh, D racing game, fully three D environments and stuff, which had not been done before for indie developers. Um, and the fact that they ported it across with relative ease means they kind of opened up a new area for Dreamcast games. You know, like certain ios games or possibly psp games could potentially come to the platform and there's another racing game that they teased in this video which um looks to be an ios game um it's got like it looks like a touchscreen game because it's got like a pause button at the top of the screen um i'm not entirely sure what the game is exactly because um they didn't actually say any of the names of the games they just teased lots of different games um so it looks like definitely more than one's going to be coming on the dreamcast and i mean josh prod's got a history of releasing stuff on the mega drive as well or genesis um 
they also do put stuff on the Super Nintendo and a couple of other consoles. Um, so I don't know if every game is going to come into Sega, uh, Sega system, but it looks like more, more than a few will. So kind of exciting that it's going to happen again. Um, we're going to see another year of Dreamcast, I reckon, or, you know, uh, retro ga- new games released on retro systems, which I think is an awesome thing for Sega fans, especially. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, did you guys have any thoughts on on that at all? Is that, does that excite you? Are you excited as I am about all this, or are you just like, so oh. <laughs> it's cool? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like I should have supported some of those games that were released last year uh, a little bit more than I that I had. I I had been mainly sticking with like helping like or or, or supporting Kickstarter games. Uh, of ones that I I was interested in, um, so yeah, I definitely want to check out some of these Josh Prod games, and I hope if we could get another fifteen games released this year on the Dreamcast, that's insane. You know, that's that's just it's it's crazy to think that you know almost twenty years after it was originally released that it got fifteen games released on there. I think some of those reports and and things like that, or, or limited editions or special editions that had been released before, but still, like, 15 releases is... is I, You really can't complain as a Dreamcast fan. Yeah, and, like, they, they had, like, they had like Flashback release, which some people said, oh, you could play Flashback on the Dreamcast originally, because they actually kind of... There was an emulator you could play it on, basically. Um, but this version of Flashback was designed for the dreamcast like they recoded it and stuff and it's actually got the official backing from the original developers to like release it so that was like another big deal as well and they added like extra bits like some animations and vmu support and stuff so it's all great stuff and really exciting um so yeah um yeah i'm very excited for it and it also leads on to another announcement that came um a little bit before that. Was it before that? I just used to double check the actual date of it. I think yes. it did come out before. Yeah, so about a week before the Josh Prod announcement. So this is this is still early January, actually. Uh, January the 5th, um, this was mentioned. Um, um, uh, a, a website called Rush On Game. Uh, they're a French website. They actually sell a lot of these Josh Prod releases and other releases for retro systems and stuff um, by normally by indie developers and stuff. Um through their website um they put up a coming soon dot 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 image with a mega drive logo underneath it um and as far as i'm aware up until now they've never um published um or sold mega drive games through their website so yeah it looks like there's gonna be some more mega drive games coming through um rush on game um uh, this year which is awesome and um i mean i use rush on game to get all the Dreamcast games that Just Prod released last year, or a bunch of them anyway. I've got like five or six um, of them uh, through Rush on Games. So they're a pretty decent website. They can be quite slow to deliver, but they do get there. And, you know, it's well worth it if that's the only place you can get stuff from. So it's very exciting to see this sort of stuff happening. Um, yeah. Do they do they ship uh, over here to North America? I believe they do. I believe they do do worldwide shipping. Um, yeah, because I think... I think in Europe, they're very quick. Like in, in mainland Europe, they're very quick. To the UK, they did take a little while, which is a bit weird because um, we're not that far away from... In fact, we're probably closer to France than France is to, say, other parts of <laughs> Europe. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, 
Cool. Yeah, no, yeah. As far as I'm aware, they do ship abroad. The only problem with the Rush, Russian game website is because it's French. Um, oh, actually, no, there's an English option on it. Yeah. I was about to say you have to use the translator, but there's actually an English option when you, when you log in, so it's fine. Um, so, yeah. Check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, next up, uh, we found out that Limited Run Games, uh, they specialize in, in basically... They do limited runs of indie games and other games that were digital only. Uh, and their games are really, really popular. They sell out really, really quickly. I've, I've been able to snag a few of them. I, uh, I got, um, Windjammers. I got one of the Ease games that came out. And then I got, uh, crap. What's the name of it? I just, um, reviewed it in last issue of Megavisions. It's the one, it's the, uh, Wonder Boy. Oh. No, it's the digital <laughs> pictures game with Dana Plato on the cover. Oh, Night Trap. Night Trap, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, and I was really excited about that. I got both uh, versions uh, that they have had for Night Trap. Uh, so they do really, really good stuff. Um, they can also be a little slow on shipping, but they they get you your games and usually and, and they come in in good packaging and everything like that. So they do good work. Um, well, one of the guys who works at Limited Run Games... Uh, just tweeted a couple of days ago a picture of a Sega CD uh, slash Saturn slash PS1 jewel case and said that they are going to be uh, manufacturing replacement cases that are going to be the exact specifications as the original games uh, or cases were. Now, I'm sure you guys, uh, Graham, you especially remember back to these old Sega CD and Saturn jewel cases and they were very prone to breaking, especially on the hinges. They were like mm-hmm. super, super delicate. Uh, and especially if you go out and you're trying to, to collect for these systems nowadays, chances are if you go buy, you know, a, a game, that's complete in box. The hinges are, are oftentimes broken, right? Yeah, they can be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of the downsides of <laughs> these disc based games, I guess. Um, Thank God for the DVD case, eh? Uh, that changed. That was a game changer. <laughs> yeah, the DVD case was uh, just the softer plastic that was uh, wasn't prone to being so brittle. Yeah. But anyway, this is a this is I think a really big deal uh, for collectors out there because they can now buy these jewel cases, uh, or they will be able to buy these jewel cases and be able to start kind of replacing their broken cases that they have in their collection. And uh, and so it, we we posted the article on Sega Nerds and it has been really popular, especially on social media. I think we have well over 300 shares on Facebook and, and Twitter both. And it's a lot of it is very positive uh, feedback that we're getting about this. People really want this. So it's going to be interesting to see how much or how, you know, how they're going to price these uh, and how, uh, how soon that they're going to be able to get these in people's hands. Yeah, yeah. I think there's actually one comment that someone put in like our on our post, um by Christopher Hunter saying, um, can't wait to click add to cart ten minutes after they go on sale and find they're sold out, which I think is a comment on how, you know, <laughs> limited run games always as the name suggests, they tend to just do limited runs of stuff. So it, it can be very hard to get their games. So yeah. yeah, I mean I've I've been lucky that I've been able to get the games that I want to get. But I know a lot of other people, you know, they'll try to get a game and it's sold out almost immediately. Yeah. I can't imagine this is going to be kind of this, the same thing. 
because if it's a success, I assume this would be something that they would want to continue to stock, not something that they do just on a very limited run. That way they can just they can continue to meet the demand yeah. um, and they could have that stock on hand. Yeah, it kind right. of wouldn't make sense just to have a, this as a limited run, as it were. Like, obviously have a small batch to begin with to see demand how demand is, but if it is there, it would be stupid not to keep making it. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, oh well, we'll see though. We'll see. Um, just to point out though, for because there is actually one thing: the these are actually the long box jewel cases, aren't they? Not yes, the they are. They're not the like yeah. the the smaller CD um, yeah. style. So in fact, in Europe, we actually had the smaller CD style ones for the uh, Mega CD, and our satin cases weren't actually this kind of plastic. They were they're actually more like DVD cases. Well, the original ones actually kind of cardboard, and cardboard a mix of cardboard and plastic, which were okay. Then we kind of got DVD style ones um, later on. Um, but I do remember the the Mega CD ones, the small cases, do actually crack quite a lot. Um, but yeah, so in fact, in Europe, this is not probably going to be that helpful, really. Um, I think there was a few, there's a handful of Mega CD games that did come out on the big ones because I think I've got one or two of them. Um, but most Mega CD games are actually the small ones. Um, Your Dreamcast games are really brittle too. Your Dreamcast oh cases. Oh god, are... yeah, bloody hell! I mean, I really, <laughs> I love the look of the European PAL Dreamcast cases because they've got the blue sort of, I guess, trim around it, as it were, and I think they look really cool. But they are so brittle, like you know, the hinges break on them all the bloody time. And yeah, they were not well designed. Um, but yeah, so I imagine it's going to be just a um, North American release then for this limited run games thing, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm sure they'll ship overseas, but mm. I can't imagine, like you said, that it's going to be that big of a hit. So uh, more to come on that. Sorry, one random question. PlayStation 1 games in America, they were in small dual cases, weren't they? They weren't in the long ones, were they? No, they well, they, they were, originally they came out in a cardboard long box. Yeah, and then they were like CD sized jewel cases. Okay, but they they had uh, no, there were long box plastic ones that were just like this because I actually looked it up because I couldn't remember. Wow, uh, it was only at the beginning of the launch of PlayStation. I, then they just reverted to CD sized jewel cases after. Oh. I'm Let's positive because over here we had sort of. CD star ones, but they're actually they're not the standard dual cases over here. I'm going to see if I can find one. I've got yeah, these are like the early ones because I'm I'm looking at pictures right now. There's Battle Arena, Toshinden, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Rayman. Yeah. They're all in uh, Warhawk. Um, they're all in those uh, those plastic ones. Although I I think I prefer the the cardboard long boxes a little bit better. I liked how they they kind of just folded. No, they were uh, they were though that size. Yeah, so later in, on. Yeah. yeah, in in Europe we had the these ones. So for a double disc, they're kind of like a double jewel case. Yeah, but yeah. The yeah. single ones were kind of like the European Dreamcast ones, where they're they're not a standard jewel case. They're a bit thicker. Uh, no, they weren't that thick. Uh, so, ours were legit like CDs. So yeah, this is like a Dreamcast case. This is a PS one. So I'm just showing Martin on our camera, and then we're not recording. Oh yeah, cameras, but, yeah. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's Jackie Chan. Look at that. Jackie Chan's stunt master. I played that game. Yeah, Yeah, I played that game. I still haven't played it. I've spent ages trying to get this and ended up spending £20 on it secondhand. But (laughs) I'm afraid to play it in case it's bad. (laughs) But I love Jackie Chan, so I had to buy it anyway. (laughs) Would ruin Um, the image of Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan video games. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Morrison, why don't you 
this is this is a, a piece of news that I think warmed your heart. So why don't <laughs> yeah, you uh, take us on this one? So I feel like I was in the minority when they announced this game because when they initially teased this game, they had a light bulb, you know, an image of a light bulb and speculation. Obviously, ran amok everywhere. People were thinking it was Shenmue because there's a light bulb in there. But, like, honestly, if you just kind of step back and take a breather, why the fuck would they tease Shenmue with a light bulb? Like, I feel like they would have <laughs> done a dragon or a mirror, you know, a fucking dojo, not a light bulb, but whatever. Um, so... What they revealed was uh, is a uh, hospital simulation game. Now, this is technically a, a spiritual successor to Theme Hospital, which came out around 1995-1996. Uh, originally, the people who made Theme Hospital, Theme Park, uh, was Bullfrog, and then they uh, dissipated, became separate, different development studios. Uh, but uh, Sega announced recently Two Point Hospital. Uh, Two Point Studios it is uh, consists of people from uh, Lionhead, uh, Bullfrog, and uh, Monkey Foot, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this gets me excited because I loved Theme Hospital and I love Theme Park. I thought those were great games. Uh, Theme Hospital had uh, a great like humor to it. It was very quirky. Uh, the the patients in this in this hospital simulation they weren't like regular uh, diseases that they you know that they got that that's kind of what they were playing on in the trailer with lightheadedness where patients had like actual light bulbs for heads like it was those oh, kinds of okay. diseases that you know <laughs> the characters in 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 the theme hospital in 1996 had they had like slack tongues so their tongues were. Uh, gigantic. Some people had like inflated heads. So in Theme Hospital, like you built like this uh, inflatable, like uh, this room where there was like this machine where you bring this person with their inflated head and then they legit like just pop their head and then they like <laughs> sew on a new head. It was hilarious. Uh, and then like the the characters, the staff that you hire, they had like, you know, funny descriptions, you know, so like if you want to get like a cheap nurse it would say like she's easily you know irritated and she smells of cabbage like it was just kind of (laughs) weird things like that i thought it was hilarious uh so yeah so they announced this game two point hospital they released a trailer and even the character designs themselves look like how they looked like Mm. in 1995 or 96 which was great it was actually 1997 it was released 97 thank you yeah so uh two point hospital uh will be released for PC on Steam and the Sega Store later this year, uh, and like I said, I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority when it comes to the reveal. But I am super excited to play this well, updated spiritual successor. I have to admit, here's the thing: I never actually really played Theme Hospital back in the day. I vaguely remember watching people play it, but I don't think I actually physically played it myself. But when this announcement came, I was super happy. I was just like, "Ah, oh, yeah," because. I love the theme park games, especially the original theme park. And theme hospital always interested me. Um, but I think, you know, since Bullfrog kind of disbanded and EA took over everything to do with theme park and stuff, it never, you know, EA's domination of the world and they ruined games and stuff. Never, <laughs> theme park never really, you know, lived on in my heart. So I, I, still theme park, the original was my favorite. So kind of really excited to play this. And from what you've said, exactly what you said, this style and stuff of it looks very similar to the original theme park. It looks like it hasn't lost any of that charm. Um, you know, quite often people will update um, g- 
game franchise to bring back a game franchise and it kind of loses a lot of what it had that made it good so the fact that it's kind of got the similar character styles and um i guess it looked from the looks of it, it looks like as you say it's got similar patient problems as it were. yeah and the layout even looks the same the way the yeah. design just looks updated but similar to how theme hospital looked like in uh, 97 so yeah exactly and one other thing i may be very excited was it's not a mobile game as i mentioned earlier i right. don't really play mobile games i'm happy it's on the right. pc this is the kind of game i would play on the pc yeah um yeah so i think i'm with you martin i'm very excited for this um it's not your normal sort of sega game as it were well, i guess it kind of kind of does have the spirit of sega within it but it's not what you normally expect sega to be publishing <laughs> these days so yeah, but it's good that they're expanding their horizons and doing things like these sim games and things like that. I'm yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. Um, do we know how? Because this is not technic- as far as I'm aware, this is not technically a Sega owned franchise. Because Two Point Studios is separate from Sega, but they've got right. some sort of partnership deal for this game. Do you know if they've got any other partnership deals for any other games? Or that I'm not aware of. This is the only one I know, uh, as far as I know. Uh, Two Point Studios isn't owned by Sega. It's not like Atlas, right? Or I, I thought it wasn't owned by them, so unless unless I'm very much mistaken. I thought they just right. they, they I remember they announced a partnership, but I don't think they ever because it's it's a new studio as far as I'm aware. Yeah, it was uh, founded in 2016. Um, they signed a publishing partnership with Sega for this game specifically. So other than that, um, nothing much. Okay. So so yeah. Um, so I guess we'll see if they do any more sim games like this with, you know, Two Point Studios or even another studio maybe. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I assume Chris isn't that excited because he's been silent the whole time. But <laughs> I am not that excited about this game. <laughs> I've, I've never been hugely in, really big into sim games like that. So I may give it a try, but I probably won't. You never yeah. did like Roller Coaster Tycoon or anything like that? I uh, never played it. Uh, <laughs> shame. I played Sim City on NES back in the day. That's oh, not the same thing. I love Sim City. Oh. Yeah. Tell you what, <laughs> Sim Ants, though, that was the game. If anyone played Sim Ants. I think I did play that a little bit. <laughs> it's so <but>. good. <laughs> um, anyway. Morrison, why don't you take us to the last bit of news? Hail to the yeah, yeah. I think it's two bits, actually. Yeah. Um, so... There was it. There's rumors that go around Shenmue HD every year. Uh, basically, every couple of months, they always resurface. Um, this the, this source that that has kind of reported on this since August or September has seems to be a reputable source. But again, take this with a grain of salt. And most people probably won't because they're very wishful thinkers, including myself. Um, so this report is by comicbook.com, but according to them, sources linked directly to Sega, uh, say that Shenmue HD's announcement was pushed back because of Shenmue 3's extended development. So basically, Shenmue HD, the remasters, or maybe remakes, we haven't gotten great details into exactly uh, what we're going to get or will get. Um, it, it is, it is made, it's essentially created. Uh, but the announcement for these games has gotten pushed back because Shenmue 3's release window has gotten pushed back. 
Um, so there is a quote that, that, that I'll read from the site that says, since then I've heard an update from those same sources and have spoken to other journalists in Europe that claim the project is still alive and kicking at Sega, but has been pushed back indefinitely. Like I said, the reason behind this is to be related to the delayed development of Shenmue 3. Um, th- they actually were considering making an announcement back at E3 of last year, but it was put off again because Yu Suzuki around that time announced that Shenmue 3 was slipping into 2018. Uh, and currently, Shenmue 3 is tentatively scheduled to be released in the second half of 2018. I feel like it's going to be pushed back to 2019. That's honestly the vibe I'm getting, but I could be wrong. Uh, Magic Monica, Monaco, Monaco? I don't know how that, how that city... Magic Monica. Magic Monica. That's probably... Is that like star. the female version for Magic Mike? Yes, Magic Monica. <laughs> But this 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 uh this show that happens in Monaco, Monaco. I don't know. I'll just say <laughs> Morocco. Monaco. Monaco. <laughs> Monaco. Just say Monaco. Jesus. Monaco. I'm trying to look at what you were trying to say. So there's a show in February, Magic Monaco, that uh, <laughs> that is uh, going to have Yu Suzuki show more. Uh, of Shenmue 3. So you're going to see screenshots, you're probably going to get a trailer and more details regarding the development of Shenmue 3. We might even potentially get a solid release date from him there. But again, like I said, Shenmue HD is most likely going to be released before 3. I'm crossing my fingers for it to be announced at this year's E3. Also because I'm selfish and I hope I'll be there when they announce it. <laughs> but yeah, so what do you guys think? Do you think Shenmue HD will come out before 3? Do you think it's going to come out at all? Uh, do you think 3 will come out this year? What are your thoughts? So I think it makes perfect sense for Sega to release Shinmu 1 and 2 HD in the weeks to months leading up to Shinmu 3's release. It makes perfect sense financial sense, like business sense, all the sense of the world it makes, which is exactly the reason why Sega is not going to do it. Really? <laughs> I, I, serious, I, Sega, you, think, you think they're not going to do it? I, 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 looking at Sega's history and the decisions that they've made over some of these very beloved franchises that they seem to give two shits about, I'm not confident that Sega will will do this. No, I will disagree with you on that. Just because I think the sh- culture shift in what they're focusing on has shifted, for lack of a better word, in the past year and a half, when they basically kind of slightly rebranded themselves with that whole amazing Sega marketing thing. Um, I think that they want to create, you know, games that will sell and and you know maintain that loyal fan base kind of give good will towards the fan base that has been supporting them for the past 30 or so years uh and i think they're gonna do it they're, it doesn't make sense for them not to do it because i know yeah i know i know like we've said for the longest time it's been a running joke that they're allergic to money but i don't know i think this is one of those projects that they will definitely do but because just, just because look at Shenmue three they he, Yu Suzuki couldn't have gotten Shenmue three off the ground if they didn't agree to give him the license so they're, they're like and the longest time we were like why don't they just give him the license why don't they just give him the license and they have I think so. that was probably out of respect 
Right, but I mean, he's been asking them since 2003 to make this freaking game, you know? Well, they, they, okay, right, but asking Sega to the game and asking for them to let him make a game on his own are two completely different things. Sure, but I think they're probably funding something. Yeah, I, something, yeah, okay. I'm going to be a middleman, I think here. Like, yeah. um, go for it. I've got a feeling. Okay, yeah. I be can the see fence. Where, I completely can see where Chris is coming from, but I kind of feel like it is more likely to happen than not now because, yes, Sega Sega didn't take um, the gamble with Shenmue Three themselves. They didn't make it themselves. They're not funding it as far as I'm aware in any way. They're just given. Um, the license away and then other people handle it effectively still retaining the rights but you know not not doing anything but i think the fact that the kickstarter was like the most it broke records basically is the fastest funded um like kickstarter it was the first to get to a million dollars or reach its target or something i can't remember it broke like two or three records for kickstarter um and i think the the popularity behind the kickstarter possibly helped to convince Sega that an HD version of Shenmue and Shenmue 2 would be a good idea. They have the code for the games and stuff. Um, what To what extent they'll make it HD? Like, will it just be sort of like an upscaled, just, you know, slightly high-res one? Or will they remaster the whole thing? I'm not sure. I'm more likely to lean on Chris's side here. and They, they wouldn't put much money into it still. They'd, like, um, just, you know, up, update the resolution. I mean, technically, the the Dreamcast could put out, like... Uh, technically it was high it could do hd graphics in a, in a sense you know through the vga cable so it's like 420 or whatever it was the yeah, resolution four, it's 480p which is technically 480, yeah. yeah which is a technically an hd resolution um so you could argue that they could just try and upscale that slightly to make it um, a bit crisper and stuff um i don't know if they will do that but um yeah and in regards to it coming out before shemu 3 i think it what this rumor is saying kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense then for them to release, um, like once they actually know when Shenmue Three is ready to come, or if they got a firm date for its release, that's probably the best time to say Shenmue HD is coming, and like maybe launch it then, or if it's ready to be done, it makes sense to launch it when people know when Shenmue Three is ready. That way, you or maybe even package it with the game. You know? Yeah, maybe maybe even do that. Maybe maybe they can do a deal and like you know, like Bayonetta. They released yeah. one and two as a you know a package deal, but uh, I, I think at this point, if they were to release, that was it, not Sega who did that. By the way, that was Nintendo. Well, yeah, whatever. Se- but and that brings me to exactly the reason why <laughs> I think that Sega's not going to do that. They have one of the most popular female friend like lead franchises and the entire video games that they own the rights to and they will not fund to make a sequel to it. And so they have to, uh, what's her, what's her names has to go to Nintendo to get Nintendo to fund it and publish the game. And Sega will not do it. Well, I'll, well, I'll t- let, let me, let me tell you this. So I think th- that, well, I mean, it's two different genres. So I'm putting, putting Shenmue in the, in, in the realm of the Yakuza, which currently is rare, very popular and it gained popularity in the West. Uh, after Yakuza zero came out, I think it's popularity increased. Um, and then following Yakuza Kiwami. And Shenmue is in the – I mean, they for the longest time they've said Yakuza is a spiritual successor to Shenmue. And I think seeing the popularity of Yakuza, uh, Sega believes that there's more of a chance to make a profit off Shenmue 
because of the popularity of Yakuza. And I feel if like they do release HD versions, th- I mean, it, it'll be weird for them to justify just doing a simple upscale if they released Yakuza 1 and 2 and then re-released them, but mm. completely remade from the ground up. I'd be like, so you can do that? You can't do that for Shenmue? You know that's, what I mean? That's, a, that's so, actually a valid point. Yeah, they've done that with Yakuza. Although I guess Yakuza's proven to be a more successful long-term... Right. I mean, it's it's super popular in Japan. I mean, they, they've made seven games so far. Seven or, or eight, if you want to include Dead Souls or whatever it's called. But uh, I feel like yeah, Shenmue is more in that realm than like a Bayonetta. You know what I mean? So I feel like... And then take into consideration, like you said, the record-breaking Kickstarter and all that stuff. And they can't be that stupid. Or maybe they will. And I'll eat my words. <laughs> Sims 3 comes out and it never comes out. So I'll say this. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope Sega surprises me and comes out with this. But I've been burned by Sega so many times. And we all have. Uh, we always... Every time an E3 comes and goes, we always get excited about Shinmu 1 and 2 and hope that this is finally going to be the time Sega's going to announce it. And well, for the longest they... time it was 3 and it was announced, just not by them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and so I just, I have no confidence in <clears throat> Sega that they're going to do this. What, what if, what if, what if it's actually not Sega making the Shinmu HD, but Sony, for example, maybe they've done a deal Either way, with just... Sega to say... You know, we're, we're, we're publishing Shenmue 3. We're happy to also do HD as well. Come on, guys. Either way, say, fuck it, it. Somebody do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think people would be fine with that just because they want it to happen. Um, I would, that would, might even be the most realistic scenario <laughs> um, that it could happen. So they're just outsourcing um, all their fucking games to somebody else. But I feel like yeah. they get a, a chunk of the money, like Bayonet and all that stuff. They must get some kind of money, right? Royalties. I assume and they stuff. would. Yeah, if they, right? they're, yeah. They're in the franchise, they must license it out or do something to it to get right. money back. But yeah, I just, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping Sega has taken notice and is, you know, and it, it just, it also just makes sense to have them re-release so that people about to buy Shenmue 3. Right. It's, it's the third game that came out, you know, and since, like and, and no one has played it, you know, exactly nearly 20 years ago. You know what I mean? So I've been saying you? this for years. I've been saying this exact same thing. When the 360 was, was at its height, we were having these conversations. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. But now, so. an actual Shenmue three is coming out, so it's a more plausible theory than when you were talking about in, in two thousand eight or whenever it was. Right. So okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Graham. Uh, why don't you take us to the last piece of news, and we will uh, we'll finish up this this Ooh. episode. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's a new House of the Dead. It's coming to arcades. Um, yeah. It's um, basically it's the it's the first proper sequel to the franchise in quite a while actually um it's called house of the dead scarlet dawn um is is announced by sega interactive which is sega japan's um arcade division basically um and it's headed to arcades um the information we know is it's using the unreal engine 4 um and the arcade cabinets it's uh, a sit-down cabinet and it's going to have um it's kind of going to be like a 4d experience almost it's going to have vibrating seats air cannons uh, motion sensor lights and stuff, which apparently attracts passers by. Um, and it's mm-hmm. currently, they do have preliminary, 
preliminary location tests for it um at the akihabara um i think it's the club sega in akihabara it's currently happening right now right now or it might be finishing up i don't know oh yeah it looks like yesterday they finished up yeah but yeah so yeah it's happened 29 oh yeah january 19th to 21st in tokyo they had the the testings um there are actually some videos on youtube you can find some people have managed to record it on their phones and stuff thank god for the modern technology um no word on a western release just yet but it's shaping up to be pretty good from what we've seen um yeah and um yeah oh yeah um so just a few little bit of factoids um it doesn't use mounted guns but they are like the almost like the older style wired guns that have free movement which is kind of cool because um was it was it house dead three that had mounted guns i feel like one of the house of deads i'm not sure but they do you have uzis in this one yeah so they, they're like uzis but um they're not mounted stuck to the cabinet so yeah you, in the game you, you when they're firing they're using these little uzis like little machine guns uh which is kind of a little bit different um uh yeah the story takes place three years after house of the dead four um and it follows kate green and ryan taylor who is the brother of james taylor um and you got you do get additional weapons including grenades shotgun and rocket launchers um there's a return of um some of the enemies like chariots um you can also use different routes like in the previous House of the Dead games, which is one of the great things about the original, especially the original um, House of the Dead games, one of the first light gun games as far as I'm aware, that you basically could unlock different routes depending on how well you're playing in the game, effectively. Um, so if you save someone, you might get taken a different route for a level, which is awesome. Um, yeah. Um, I think those are the main things. There's also nationwide leaderboards and trophies and stuff. Um that's pretty cool that it's somehow connected, I guess, to some sort of network that uh, so it, you don't only have to worry about getting the local uh, like leaderboard, but you have it all over, you know, nationwide. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's so. like the Internet or something. <laughs> In <an arcade>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I fully yeah. expect this game to be released in the West. I don't think they're going to keep it exclusive to Japan just because. I think all of the House of the Dead games reached shores here, um, and they've been fairly popular. I mean, since, what, 1998 or whenever the first one came out? They've been... 96? I, th- I feel like it's ni- the original arcade, I think, it was 96. Somewhere around there, somewhere, 96 yeah. to 98. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Based on the footage that some people have recorded, which is interesting because there are rules in Japan where they don't allow you to bring... Uh, cameras into the arcades so unless they had like a freaking you know a hero five camera you know strapped to their chest Hmm. uh they but for based on the footages that they uploaded graphics look fantastic the voice acting seems to be a bit on par with the other ones which you know if you've played the previous (laughs) ones they're not amazing no one's getting you know an emmy for any of it uh but yeah I, it looks beautiful the, the boss that they that this person showed that who uploaded it into youtube looks great he looked like something out of an iron maiden cover um yeah it's 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 awesome so i hope it does come to the west yeah and i'm excited yeah and that this is actually one one thing i made a note of before the show was that this one thing i actually kind of miss about the wii and almost the motion controls era that we had like a height of we don't really get light gun games in the home anymore so like Mm -hmm. 
like while while the Wii's not the best console ever, it the light gun that allowed Sega to release House of the Dead two and three, Ghost Squads, other light gun games and stuff like that were available on the system. But because L C D and LED modern TVs don't support light guns, we basically can't get light gun games anymore in the home, which is kind of really sad. Um which is a bit of a shame. In fact, on the Switch, does the Switch have like almost like can you point at the Switch and do you know if it's got that function on it? You know, like with the yeah. no. Well, I mean, it, 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 they're motion controls. But does it? Yeah, have, yeah but does have a point I don't think in the same sense almost. that there's a. Uh, I don't. I don't know if the if, if it's the same sense that the the Wii U had because the Wii U had a sensor bar mm. and the Switch doesn't. It yeah. has a, like a receiver sensor. To mm-hmm. where it can communicate with the 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 like the the controller, but the the switch doesn't. It has it has some sensor bars built into the the, the Joy Cons, but I don't think it would work in that way. So there's no basically there's no sort of cursor sort of pointing at the screen sensor to allow for this. No, way. no. Okay, no. I, thought, I thought that was the case. I never actually had that confirmed before, but yeah that's sad um because otherwise that would probably be the best option um unless maybe playstation vr or something they might be able to do it on that possibly right uh, yeah but before we finish though we do did have a couple of other questions that weren't pertaining to these news stories um one we actually just answered someone said do you think we will see scarlet dawn come in the west chances are Highly likely, I think. Um, another person asked, "When does when? Okay, when does Jet Set Radio HD or Jet Set Radio Three come out?" Well, I mean, I, uh, when Shenmue HD comes out. When Shenmue HD comes out, <laughs> basically. So if so... Shenmue HD comes out, then the the chances for the other ones coming out are more likely. <laughs> you know, what, what were you going to say, Chris? I'm so bad for uh, Naganuma because he's just championing. Seriously, he's like he, he's like retweeting this shit, and he's like very active on Twitter. It just sounds like he just wants to make another game or participate in the remake or remaster of the original ones. Um, but yeah, I I hope we see you know another another Jet Set Radio, oh, but. Uh, another one asked, it's 2018, we have Tekken 7, but Virtua Fighter 6 is nowhere to be found. Is it time to give up hope? Again, I'd say no, just because, again, like games like Shenmue 3, but again, this isn't Shen- Sega who made it, uh, <laughs> who made the announcement. But I feel like you just can't really give up hope on some of these games, just because I think some at, at some point in the future, they will release... Like a Virtua Fighter 6, a Jet Set Radio, a Shenmue HD. Uh, I just think it just takes some time. Five, ten years. Hell, fuck, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but it will come out. So Yeah, I, I feel like a Virtual Fighter is more likely than a new Jet Set Radio in a way, which is sad because I think I prefer Jet Set Radio. But I think that Virtual Fighter has had that r- richer heritage, longer franchise running that Sega has invested money into. They've never released them every year. So they've always had sort of gaps between their releases. So there's always a t- chance it can come out. But yeah, yeah. Um, Here's another question. Don't uh, hold your breath. Huh? Said, so don't hold your breath. Yeah, yeah, don't hold your breath. That's the quick answer. Here's another question. Uh, why don't you guys check your audio more? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> so they just—that's kind of funny because we just heard a sound when I said that. Um, <laughs> 
The the second part to this question is: Would you guys want a Kiwami of Yakuza three to five? I would say yes. I personally would want one just because I kind of missed the boat on. I played Yakuza one, but then I didn't play two through four or five. Um, and I would rather want them to do a complete remake of them like they did Kiwami and Kiwami 2. And considering the track record of them doing that, if they were to make remakes of these, these they would go in the vein of Kiwami and Kiwami 2. So I would want to see them, absolutely, and I want to play all of them. So yeah. I don't mind you guys. Oh, I'd be up for that, but um, I, I already own all of them on PlayStation 3, and I don't have a PS4. Yeah, so. I just... <laughs> at this point, I'm almost feeling like there's an oversaturation of Yakuza, and I don't want it to get to the point where people just start ignoring some of these releases, because these games are so good, but I don't feel like we need, you know, Kiwami versions of all of the games. I think 1 and 2 made sense... Because they were PlayStation. Uh, because they're right, they're they're PlayStation Two, and uh, they there is a dramatic difference in the the graphics and everything. But you're not going to get that with the, some of the PS3 games. They look great. Um, I mean, they're certainly going to look a lot better. But I, I I think they play fine as they are, and I, I think they can stand on their own. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's about it for questions. Awesome. So. Yeah, good stuff. And, uh, yeah, okay, well, there we go. Episode 118, down down the bag. And hopefully we can do them more frequently. Someone did ask the question, how come we don't do it more regularly? Honestly, the uh, honest answer is the past couple of months has been kind of a turmoil and busy for everybody and mm-hmm. just couldn't find time to properly sit down and do one shit always gets in the way but we will try and make it more frequent so yes awesome all right we will see you guys next week uh and uh yeah this is gonna do it for the nerdcast awesome cheers guys